1993. Coachella was started when Pearl Jam boycotted Ticketmaster for their high prices and played the Coachella location during their Ticketmaster boycott tour. In the Seinfeld episode, The Masseuse, Elaine dated a guy who shared a name with a serial killer, Joel Rifkin. She suggested to him that he change his name to OJ like the football player. The following year, OJ was charged with double murder. Arnold Schwarzenegger and John McTiernan were double murdered in the box office, but that didn't stop Sphinx and I from naming our show after their action, comedy, satire, disaster. GameZillaMedia.com It's time for the last action podcast! Top quiz, hot shot! Hey, motherfucker. I feel the need. The need for speed. It feeds. We can kill it. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Come with me if you want to live. Hello, 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 welcome to the special 10th episode of The Last Action Podcast. I am LPJ. And I am the Sphinx. I wish you would stop saying it like that. I am going to say it like that. Can you believe 10 episodes, LPJ? Did you think we were going to make it this far? Well, look, trans, all trans, you know, let's, let's, let's be fully transparent here. We're recording our 10th episode after we've recorded our... 18th? Hey, 15th? That's cheating. We don't need to let the, the, the listeners know that that's really how this works. I'm sure they figured it out by now. No, no. Let's give our, let's give our audience a little more credit than you're willing to. I, I'm i not saying that. I'm just saying this is our Are tenth, you calling our audience this stupid? This is our 10th live to the public realm episode. That's what it is. They don't need to know that we do things a little different and trickery and all these other things. You mean out of order? Exactly. Speaking of out of order, this whole movie's out of order. Well, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I also wanted to say, in, in honor of our, our 10th anniversary, 10th anniversary, 10th episode spectacular here, it, it's, what are you doing? I got something <laughs> weird stuck to my pants. I was like, what is this? I don't know. I, had something, I don't know what it was. I had something weird stuck to my pants and I just picked it off. I. I, I don't even. Sorry, this episode's already off the rails. This this leads to what I was trying to say. It's amazing that after ten episodes, we still haven't found a way to kill each other yet. No, <laughs> <laughs> because we now have plenty of ideas of how to do it. Oh, I God. mean, after watching all these movies, yes, exactly. I mean, I could I could take your head and have it decapitated on a subway light, or I could have your hand blown off so your thumb is sticking out barely. I sharpened the bill of my hat in preparation for throwing it at your neck. Oh, good God. I could have destroyed your house while you were taking a shit and then just have you sitting there waiting. That wouldn't kill you, though. I could run you over with a hovercraft. Please do. Yes. There's lots of different ways we could have made this work. Nonetheless. Yeah. Last action hero. This movie with which our podcast is proudly named after. I don't know if we're proud of the movie. We're proud of the podcast. We are proud of the podcast. <laughs> the movie is something. It, it's something. I, I don't have words for it, to be quite honest. Because Man, what irritates me about this movie is it has all of the elements to make it fucking spectacular. And it trips over its own feet and gashes its eye out with something sticking out of the ground. That's weird. It's kind of a weird metaphor for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but is it an accurate one? 
I don't know, man. I think it is. All right. So last action hero. hero. I feel like we're going to screw this up. We're we going to keep, keep saying our podcast when we actually mean the movie. Yeah. So, I mean, right, it's Schwarzenegger. It, it, it is. Produced by Schwarzenegger. He had his hands all over all this. Which maybe is the issue here. It could be. I mean, it, it, it was written by Shane Black, who wrote Lethal Weapon. He wrote The Last Boy Scout, Long Kiss Goodnight, and he's written, he's writing uh, the new Predators movie. He directed uh, Iron Man 3. Uh, he's, Shane Black is synonymous with action films. He is what created, helped create the whole action film genre. Well, so, but this is an interesting point because there was an original screenwrite by David Arnett and William Goldman mm-hmm. that purposely wrote a screenwrite to kind of screenplay. Poke, screenplay, thank you, to poke fun of Shane Black. And in Hollywood's fun, ironic twists, they didn't like their screenplay and they brought in Shane Black to fix the very action parody that they were trying to pick on him for. Yes. <laughs> what the hell? You you write a movie to make fun of this guy, and then Hollywood brings him in to fix it. And they are not credited. They no. are given a story, story by. by. And that makes sense because the film was almost completely changed. Yes. The element the the the, the concepts are still there from what they created in their original script, but um the the actual you know the the action sequences in the movie itself are, are, are all Shane Black. Now I did not have the time to do it, but are you okay? You just <laughs> ran into the microphone with your the, head. You just had to put the microphone. Jesus! Wow, what a disaster! You can actually find the entirety of this original screenplay from those two. Oh yeah, it's it's absolutely out there. I didn't read it, but I you can you just Google search and it's there. Yeah. So before we get further into this film do you have any memory of when you first saw this because i have a great one I, no one needed to hear you throw your phone there's gonna be a lot of throwing table. in this episode Jesus. um i don't have a specific memory I, I know i went and saw it in the theater because i was a huge terminator 2 fan and i love schwarzenegger movies and this was 93 stop rubbing your armpits <laughs> I, we can hear I it know, sorry <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what my problem is. This episode, 10 episodes, folks. Can't get it right. <laughs> That's where it'll end. This is where we're at. This is very much like this movie. It's gone off the rails. I have a great story so, about seeing this. So are you done? No, I was 13 <laughs> when this movie came out. And uh, I, I know I went and saw it in the theater, probably with Joe, because I see it, saw every movie with Joe at that point. And um, I remember thinking to myself, oh, that wasn't very good. (laughs) (laughs) That's about where I left it. And I hadn't seen it since. Why the hell did you name our podcast after this movie then? Technically, Chops named the podcast. (laughs) Oh, uh, I should have known he had his hands on this. But it's a good title. (sighs) I guess. All right, go on. So I'm kind of, I'm not embarrassed because I was too young. So I was seven when this movie came out. And you and I actually had a conversation about this when we first started up the podcast, but it's not, mm-hmm. it hasn't any, it hasn't been anything that's actually we've recorded. And that is, I think this is the first movie I ever saw in a the movie theater. And it was at the Quavatis in Westland, mm-hmm. which was a very famous, well, in the area, famous movie theater built. Well, you ended up telling me it was in the seventies. I thought it was much I, it, older. I, you know, now that I've kind of, now that I've, I went to, to, to read about it a bit. 
it, it's very it's vintage earlier, looking. It's earlier than that. It's I think very ornate on the outside. I remember the I look at the, it. the lobby yeah. was very pretty and all that. Whether it was all kind of fake from the 1970s or whether this theater actually was older than that, I, I don't know. But nonetheless, um, I think this was the first movie I ever saw in the movie theater. My my uncle, who uh, was from Chicago, you, why is your hand up? Because you're a teacher. Yes, LPJ. Uh, 1966 is when it was built. Okay, well, close enough, 1970. My uncle from Chicago uh, came into town and he took me and my older brother to see it. And I, I always remembered the villain, uh, Benedict, because of that red glass eye that still kind of creeped me out after watching this movie now. Um, and I, I don't know if I've really seen this movie again <laughs> since I saw it with my uncle and my brother back in 1993 when it first came out. But that is, um, that's my memory of it. So even though we're going to talk about this movie a lot and pretty more about how I don't particularly like it. It's still, it, it I think it's the first movie I ever saw in a movie theater. It's disappointing. It is kind of right. Do you mm-hmm. remember what the first movie was you saw in the movie theater? The very first movie I saw. Yeah. Um, I know I saw, I know I saw empire strikes back in the theater. Okay. I don't necessarily remember it, but I know that I went and saw it cause my parents told me. And I know that I saw E.T. in the theater and The NeverEnding Story. The NeverEnding Story is the first movie I remember seeing in the theater because I don't know if I ever told this story about never being, never having seen the end of it for a long time. Is it because you were so sad? What happened? Well, when when um, when Falcor or no? It, so, do I really want to get in this? Yeah, I'll get. In I this don't now. know how long is this going to take. It's not terribly long. That that's not encouraging. <laughs> So we went and saw this movie in the theater, and are you, have you seen The NeverEnding Story? A long time ago. Okay, so there's the point where the whole world blows up, and there's just nothing left mm-hmm. called The Nothing, right? Mm-hmm. I got so freaked out by it that we had to leave the theater for up until, I don't know, up until probably 2000, maybe 2001 or two. I had never seen the end of it, and I thought that's where the movie ended. I always thought to myself, man, what a fucking bummer of a movie. It ends like that. I never knew there was more. I had never gone back to watch it again, and it happened to be on TV, and I was watching it, and then it got to that part, and I'm like, oh, there's still like a half an hour left. And then more of the movie came on, and that's when I found out that it actually ends happy. But up until that point, up until I was, you know, in my 20s, I thought the movie was the biggest (laughs) fucking bummer in the world. You know, it's funny that you mention it, because is there a scene where a horse dies? Is that right? Yeah. My older brother also, I believe the story is that my parents always pick on him about, they had to leave the theater as well because he cried when the horse died. Yeah, Trey's horse dies. Um, I don't even remember the name of the horse. Sounds like an emotionally scarring movie for your generation. It was very, the whole movie is freaky. It was a lot, it was a lot to take in when you're, you know, I don't know, it's probably four or five. Yeah crazy all right so back to this movie yeah uh our director is john mctiernan which is john mctiernan yeah right i mean predator die hard hunt for october i mean big wig guy that that does this movie with arnold yeah he's john john mctiernan yeah i i didn't know that he went to jail for a while i was unaware of that as well really yeah i I looked it up he um he lied to an FBI investigator. He went to jail for perjury. 
Oh. Because he was trying to get information from a co-director or co-producer for the movie Rollerball. He want he didn't like the way the movie was going, and so he bugged this other director's office and sent a private investigator to gain all this information and secrets about it and what was going like what he was thinking in his head. And there became, I don't know why, some FBI probe on it, and he lied to the FBI officer. It, it all got released that he did it, and then the case was kind of gone and thrown away for a while, and then it got brought back up, and he got re-looked at, and he had to go away. He was sent to jail for, um, I think it was nine months in a low-security prison in uh, like South Dakota or something like that. That's craziness. And then like right after that, he, he's bankrupt. He's, he was like poor. He, like, lost everything. Isn't that weird? So what does he do now? I, I don't think he does anything. Huh. I, I, I looked at his uh, IMDB. I always say IMDB. Wrong. Yeah, and there's, like, nothing after, like, 2006. Wow. No, I had no idea. I know, right? Like, how do you have such a fantastic history and then and then this happens? Hmm. Maybe, maybe it has to do with this movie. No, because obviously he made more movies after this. Well, that's, yeah. He, he tried to move on from it. You know, this movie, <laughs> there's actually, I don't know, there's a lot of problems with this movie. It, like, from the release, there's a bunch of problems with this movie. Everything everything was a disaster with this movie. And the problem is, there's a lot of good stuff in this movie, and it's just like none of it fits together well. No. Like, Charles Dance... Tywin Lannister yep. is Benedict. He's the bad guy in this. He's great in this movie. He is awesome. He is really, really legitimately good in this. Even with the garbage lines he had to say, mm-hmm. he was great. Yeah. There is there is a book that came out a couple years after this movie came out. It's called Hit and Run. It's from Nancy Griffin. And the book is talking about Sony Pictures, which at the time, Sony, Columbia, TriStar, I think they were all one company. Yeah, Sony was the parent company, and they own. Yeah. They basically had Columbia TriStar as their affiliates. She writes a chapter for this book that is based on this movie alone and all the issues that were happening with this production company at this time with, with coming up with movies. So first off, it was the absolute worst timing to release a movie. Did you catch what movie came out a week before? Yeah, they moved up the release of Jurassic Park to come out before this movie. Yeah. And Jurassic Park, I believe, is like in the top 15 all time, or maybe it, top 20. Once it, when it was out, it was the highest grossing movie of all time. Yeah. So you're, you're competing with that. Um, number two, there was a rough cut that for some reason was shown to a couple audiences in May, uh, with the movie trying to be released in June, and it bombed big time it wasn't the final cut so i don't know why you would show it to so many people but apparently the word got out and spread like hey there's a schwarzenegger movie coming out and it is horrible so before the movie even comes out there is this huge negative backlash and publicity on this film so you've got that going on then they rushed to the like 12th hour 11th hour whatever that phrase is um, to to do the final editing and moving, and that that is so obvious in this movie. There's so many things that don't make sense of what's going on, and people that disappear in the film and all sorts of stuff. The the last 
the last bit of filming, like actually cameras rolling on this was a week before the film released. <laughs> so they had less than a week to edit this film and get it out to print. Yep. Um, then uh, when the movie came out, it lost 50% of its opening weekend audience the next week. So when it came to money and profits, like some people went the first week and then nobody went after that. Um, it was the first movie to ever be released using what is called the Sony Dynamic Digital Sound. No, go ahead. Uh, and I, apparently I took this away from you, huh? I'm no, sorry. it's okay. No. I have a pop quiz. Well, what is it But then? you just stole it. You already have it. No. What was supposed to be the first movie released using Sony Digital Dynamic Sound? Well, it was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was the first movie that was supposed to be released? Oh, I, I don't know if I do know this. Oh, you don't have it? No, that's all I had. You're kidding me. No, I thought that was the pop quiz. You, you gave a look like I already knew it. No, I, I just, this was the first one. I didn't know pop that there was Pop quiz, no. hot shot. God, you don't do these well when you're tired. Wait, what? Pop quiz, hot shot. I wanted to make sure you heard it. Yeah, I heard it. Okay, so you're right. This was technically the first film released with Sony Dynamic Digital Sound SDDS. But due to delays with another film, th that that's why this was the first. What yeah. was so the first movie was, that was supposed to have it was back in 1991. Okay, so I'm thinking of a movie from 1991. Mm -hmm. It's got to be Sony, mm -hmm. which doesn't really help me. Is it an action movie? Of sorts, I'd say it's more of an adventure movie. Oh, I think I do know this. I think I did find it. Is it Robin Hood, Men and Thieves? Men, Men, yeah. That's not even Prince a of Thieves. movie. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. No. No? No, because that came up before them. No, that wasn't anyone. Uh, no, it was Hook. That was pretty close. Yeah, you know, adventurous movie. Sure. Yeah, was no. Hook, Hook was, okay. was supposed to come out with Sony D Dynamic Digital Sound, um, but due to delays with the way they processed it, they couldn't release it with that, so they ended up releasing with... Um, they ended up releasing it that way with uh, with with Last Action Hero. Is is it? Well, they finally got the SDDS. But then it was still a complete disaster. So the the few theaters that had this SDDS didn't program it or set it up right, and there were all these technical difficulties that were going on, and people were leaving the theater because they couldn't get the the sound to work right for this movie. Now, from what I read, it's eight channels. So you got five in the front and then two in the back. So is that similar like today, 7.1? It is. It was okay. the first 7.1. Okay. That's what I thought. So, so, so this was a huge bomb as well. So you've got all of this going on with Sony and just this particular movie. And I actually have, I, I forgot about this until I was looking a little bit more into this. I have an aunt that actually worked for Sony TriStar Pictures during this time. Isn't that cool? I forgot. She was an accountant for the movie theater, for the movie company. Okay. And um, she always likes to share the story that she almost ran over Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito when they were filming Twins. Oh, really? It was right around this time. Yeah. She was pulling into the studio and they were just walking, you know, along the, whatever, the lot, and she almost hit them with her car. She ate, and We always had, like, T-shirts from TriStar Pictures and all that fun stuff. You don't have any more of those, do you? No. That'd be kind of cool to that see. Would be kinda, I'll bet you she does. You should see. You should see what kind of old swag she has laying around and see if we can get some. She might have a lot of stuff. I should ask her. I should ask her. We could bring her on the show. She would love it. 
she might have a bunch of really cool stories about okay, when she worked. Yeah. I mean, I feel like she she worked there for like six or seven years. Maybe. Where where was it? Like in California? Yeah, it was in uh, Burbank, I believe. Yeah, it was okay. it was a lot. And yeah, it was like late '80s and early '90s. She worked. Mm, for interesting. Them. Okay. Yeah, so there's some good movies like Ghostbusters. Yeah. I know she was big with and all that. So mm-hmm. anyway, that that's a story for a different time. Um, the music here. Okay. So the soundtrack. Didn't this, seem very memorable. No, but, this but is it was successful. It, but it was, and it was written by Michael Kamen, who did he did Highlander, oh, yeah. X Men, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, Three Musketeers, License all the Diehards, all the Diehards, all the Lethal Weapons, the Iron Giant, Frequency. I mean, he he did Brazil, which is actually a fantastic movie. It's he did weird. the first X Men I have. Yeah, the Band of Brothers uh, miniseries. Yeah. yeah, this guy is huge with music. And none of it's great in this. No, none of it's very memorable. But I have it here. The soundtrack, well, the songs. I guess not it the soundtrack. Have been the, it couldn't have been the score. It the was. Score it was, was not, not the great. score. It had to have been You're the because right. the soundtrack to this it was all metal and um and, and music that is that was very popular in the time anyway. Oh yeah, I got there was. We're gonna play it in a second. ACDC, but then there's Alice in Chains, Def Leppard, Megadeth, Anthrax, Aerosmith. And a couple others. This it went platinum, and that makes sense. Really, that was probably the best part of this movie. But but this brings up an interesting point. Besides the ACDC song, you don't hear any of these songs in the movie. Yeah, you do. No, you do not. Absolutely, you do. The Megadeth song I can think of right now. What scene? Uh, he's driving. No, it was um. It's the very first scene. All the car chases. It's ACDC. No, not all of it. I think it is. You know, regardless, the, the the songs are on the soundtrack, and the soundtrack sold well. And I know those songs were in the movie, even if it was a, a small piece. I know they were in there because I remember hearing them. All right. Well, we're going to play for you a little quick excerpt here from the ACDC song, Big Gun. <laughs> Might be the best part of this movie. I was just gonna say that. I think that's my favorite part of the movie. Was the song? Mm-hmm. It's a good song. It is a good song, and it's classic ACDC. Yeah, it is. Absolutely classic ACDC. Yep. Which you know, Thunderstruck's right around this time, and it has that Thunderstruck feel to it. A yeah. Bit. They, they, they wrote this for the movie, right? Yes, they did. That's what I thought. Yep. So, up next, 
I, I got the cast here, which, holy cow, is this a loaded cast. Which, I want to start with the cast first, and then, yeah, and then we got to talk the cameos. Because there are so many cameos that are bizarre as shit in how they get used. So, we've already mentioned Arnold Schwarzenegger, obviously. He is our detective, Jack Slater. And, well, he plays himself, too. So, there's that. Uh, Austin O'Brien is our boy in this film did he ever do anything after this i don't remember shit i was gonna ask you no i'm gonna go with no too he is annoying as shit in this movie yes god he is so i you know my one flaw with t2 is is john connor the the boy that plays him but i think this is worse yeah it no is, this is or, way worse yeah it's worse which is interesting that Arnold back-to-back years is dealing with a little boy. That sounded kind of weird, but uh, I mean, it's not, it's true. Okay. Anyway. Cast list. Yeah. So Charles Dance, as you mentioned already, he's Benedict, who is more famously Tywin Lannister from Game of Thrones. Um, God, he was so good in this. <laughs> yeah. Like I really enjoyed him I, as a villain. Yes. We've got Robert Prosky, who was Nick the Projectionist, which he is a big character actor. I've seen he looks yeah. like a Santa Claus. In fact, maybe he has been a Santa Claus in the movie. He pl- usually plays similar characters in you yeah. know all the films. Tom Noonan is our other villain, Ripper. He is creepy as shit. Yeah, he was. He's got the teeth and all that. Yeah. Was weird. Even without the makeup, he's creepy. Yeah, that's. He's got a long face. Yeah, and, and the the whole mostly bald thing. It's weird. Yep. We've got uh, Frank McRae, who is Lieutenant Decker. He might be my favorite character in the movie because he's supposed to play the stereotypical like cop boss. So he's like. <laughs> yelling gibberish <laughs> at one point he is literally just yelling gibberish and then steam's coming out of his uh-huh. ears it's, it's so, ridiculous it's so fucking stupid <laughs> what? Why? why 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 did they have and then and then arnold and the little boy are just like having a conversation while he's literally like that's what he's doing in the movie he's talking like that I have a pop quiz for you. Okay. Play the music. Oh, I'm so, oh my apologies. Yeah. Please. Let well, me, well, you're looking at me like, what, me, why the hell do you think I said here. that? Pop quiz, hot shot. Okay, what is it? Did you hear it? Did you, did you hear that one? Because you did it twice for me last Go time. Go ahead. All right. That character, Frank McRae. Yes. He's in a Bond movie. Yes. He's in License to Kill. Good work. Yes, he is. He's got a weird ass name. He does have a weird ass name. He's not a bad guy though. He's a no. He's a good guy. Yeah, he's a he's a not a he's a CIA agent. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, he's an ally to James. Yeah. He helps him out. Um, he has an animal name. Oh, it's not Komodo. It's um. <laughs> no, it's not Komodo. It's not Komodo. <laughs> I can't think of his name. Sharky. Sharky. God, yeah. I knew it was something stupid. Yep. 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 Yeah. There you go. Good work. Thank you. I actually I just watched it two days ago. Really? Yeah, it oh. was on TV. You suck. I know, That's sorry. cheating. Bastard. Anthony Quinn is Vivaldi. <laughs> he was good, too. Anthony Quinn was great in this. He was good. I just, the references with classical oh, God, music it was doesn't make any goddamn sense. Bridget Wilson is uh, Whitney Slater, which is um, Jack Slater's daughter. This is her first role. Is it her first it's role? Her first I mean, I know like Billy Madison is probably way her next later. one. I don't think it's way later. I think it's like 94 or 95. I'll bet you Billy Madison's like 95. 
Eh, maybe you're right. Maybe it is 95. No, it had to be like 96 or 97. No, I think Happy Gilmore was 96. Yeah, you looked this up. All right, go ahead. Um, well, she's Whitney Slater, but then she's... That is her movie name, but then Meredith Caprice is her, like, actress name. name for the movie, if that makes any fucking sense. Then we have... This guy does good, too. F. Murray Abraham. Yeah, he's he is not top build, but he's um, he's billed relatively high in the cast, but he's only in it for like he's not five long. minutes total. And, and what's his name? Uh, how do you get to Carnegie Hall, LPJ? Practice. Yeah, John Practice. That was such his a name. stupid. That was a dumb line. Um, I do like the references though. <laughs> I mean, they're they're dumb as hell. I think that's why. But they they link the the boy who is watching this Slater movie realizes that F. Murray Abraham is Salieri from Amadeus the movie that came out in the 80s. And so he he calls it flat out in the movie. Hey, you killed Mozart in Amadeus. This guy is not to be trusted. Yeah, and turns out he couldn't be trusted. He was bad in it. So to, to flip back a little bit, so uh, Brigitte Wilson Sampras, yeah, 93 was last action hero, and then in 1995, she was in Nixon, Mortal Kombat, Higher Learning, and Billy Madison, all in 1995. She's in Mortal Kombat? Yeah, she's Sonya Blade. Is she? Oh, yeah. I haven't seen it in a long time. Oh, it's actually, it's a, not great. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and all right, now we got our cameos. Oh, man. Man, these cameos are bonkers. <laughs> like, all of these... They are the most... And it's just all his friends. <laughs> no. Anybody who is ever in I, a Schwarzenegger movie who is not... Who's just a friend of his is in this. I, I don't even know if bonkers is the right term. It's they so are ridiculous. fucking insane. We have Tina Turner. Yes. Who is the mayor. And she's there for like a second. The, the T-1000... Yeah, they had uh, Robert Patrick in there as the T-1000. Leaving the the police Uh station. At the same time that he's entering the police station, we got Sharon Stone and... uh, As her character in Basic Instinct. (laughs) We have Sylvester Stallone, who is playing as Terminator. Yeah, on the poster. On the poster. Right. My favorite one is Danny DeVito. Yeah. Because Danny DeVito is an animated cat. He's the voice of the animated cat <laughs> detective. Oh, did you notice every movie, almost every movie in uh, the video store was a John McTiernan movie? Yes. Yes, I did catch that. <laughs> we and got... Angie look. Everhart was the uh, was the clerk in the... Yeah. Yeah, and that was her first film. Yeah. We've got Joan Plowright. She is the teacher in the beginning, and she's talking about Hamlet, and then she talks about the movie Hamlet with Laurence Olivier. She is Laurence Olivier's third wife. Yes. So she's in there. Um, James Belushi is in this movie. Who is in Red Heat with him. Yep. Which I, they actually mentioned that in the movie, don't they? Uh, I don't Which remember. doesn't make any sense either, but they did. I think they did. Uh, his wife, Maria Schreiber. Maria Schreiber's is she's, she's actually pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, she's Like, good. that whole scene with Arnold, like, <laughs> self-promoting. <laughs> Planet Hollywood. Yeah, that was actually that was actually pretty clever. I did enjoy that. Uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme shows mm-hmm. up for a brief moment. Um, 
which I guess I didn't know this when I was doing some of the work on this. Jean Claude Van Damme was supposed to be the predator. In predator. He was. He was the predator, and then he. Um, I don't know if he remained the predator or no, he, if he ended up he dropping to, out. Yeah, he had to drop out, but that's how he has a relationship with Arnold. Yeah. Uh, Damon Wayans is, is there. Well, because Damon the, Wayans was in The Last Boy Scout. Oh, okay. Right, which Shane Brock wrote. Uh, okay. What about this one? I couldn't figure out the connection. Chevy Chase? Chevy Chase. <laughs> oh, he's in. What is he in? I have no idea. I don't know. Who, you know, who the hell cares? <laughs> he's fucking in the movie. Yeah, and then the last two are fantastic, too. The, the man himself can't touch us. MC Hammer. Yep. Who wants to do a Slater 5 soundtrack. And then we have, I think, as as bizarre as Danny DeVito's cameo is, I think this one takes the cake. Sir Ian McKellen. That was great. Like, <laughs> I didn't, death. I didn't catch it at first, and then I'm like, that's Ian McKellen. <laughs> Why? Why is Ian McKellen in this movie? He was good in the two. And and he, he comes to life because of the ticket. And does he kill that cop on the street? I don't Yes. But then but then why did he not kill anyone else? Because it wasn't their time. Why was it the cops' time? Who cares? This movie doesn't fucking make sense, and that's what you're questioning. And then what like he he tried to give some like advice to the boy and Arnold and it didn't make any sense and he just slowly walks away well the only reason why he went there is because he saw that Arnold was, wasn't was on any list whether it was to live or die because mm. he's a fictional character so he needed to go check it out that was the reasoning that he showed up in the movie theater wow I mean he told the boy it wasn't his time yet he was going to die a grandfather yeah yeah this movie's fucking bizarre. Are there any other... Cam- There's a lot of cameos. Did I miss any that you can think of? Uh, I'm sure. sure. I'm sure there yeah, is. Yeah, those you know, all of them. Like, everybody, everybody in the movie is somebody Arnold knows or like a, or like a model or something. I mean, there's... There's a ridiculous amount of people in this film that... We don't just, need to hear your phone again. I'm so angry at this movie. <laughs> all right. I We are not going to spend a... a long amount of time going through what this movie is about uh ultimately danny the boy he lives in beat up new york city i mean he's living in a not nice area of the city he he goes to the movies all the time to escape from his life which seems pretty horrible it doesn't seem bad it's just like you know he gets he gets mugged in his own apartment yeah that doesn't sound horrible? No, it sounds horrible. But my, my point is... And he is, skips school like every day. Well, he so skips he's school to go to the movies. Yeah, so he's obviously not going to be doing well there either. Probably not. What part of this life sounds okay? Listen, he goes to the movies and that's cool. Yeah. He's friends with Nick, the projectionist at this movie theater that he goes to. Nick has a golden ticket from Harry Houdini, which he always wanted to be a magician... And so he's Stop, got you're already this. over-explaining this. <laughs> Listen, uh, you know what? Let me do this part for you. I'm going to make this really simple for I, everybody. I, I mean, I we're 35 a, minutes in, and we're just now getting the plot. <laughs> well, that's because Let me there's so out. much other crazy-ass shit that we had to get Okay, here first. we go. Ready? Magic ticket, gets ripped, <laughs> kid goes into the movie, meets Jack Slater, finds out he's in the movie, bad guys escape the movie. He's got to track him around in the real world and get Jack Slater back into the movie. All with the help of this magic ticket that gets stolen by Benedict, the bad guy. Okay. That's it. That makes more sense than anything else in this movie. 
<laughs> this movie is a train wreck. But I couldn't stop watching it. I, you know, that's that's my problem here. Is as much as I wanted to turn away, as much as I want to say, what the hell did I just watch? I think I liked it. Oh my god! See, I don't. I I don't. I I ugh. It was. There were entertaining. No, there were entertaining things in this movie. It was fun. I liked how it, it's trying to poke fun at action movies. The concept's great. I mean, it is. It, it is, is such a great concept. The concept of this movie is they want to they want to turn the action action the action uh, film genre on its head and poke fun at all the little over the top stuff over the top stuff do. of it which which it does you know like it, it, when he's in the when he's in the film world he shoots something once and it explodes and then the juxtapose that when he when Schwarzenegger's in the real world he pumps like 12 bullets into this car and it just keeps driving yeah you know and I, and, and I, I get that that part's great that that's that's the part that works for this film it, it is great i mean like for instance, like all the car chases that happen in this movie. I love the one in the beginning where he's got Acme Dynamite and they just keep throwing it and it keeps exploding. Exactly when he wants it to explode, Ex- too. Exactly. And I love the the one guy, while the ACDC music's playing, he, he jumps due to the explosion, jumps out of the vehicle crashes into an ice cream truck and the cone of an ice cream kills him because it goes through his brain. Yeah, everything explodes too. Yeah, like for no reason. Explodes. Everything explodes. <laughs> everything. Like whether they, whether it's supposed to or not, everything explodes. Uh, it's so good. And then and then again, like they make fun of the quotes and the cliches because when the cone die when the cone death happens, Schwarzenegger's like, ice that guy code in the face <laughs> yeah it's like the the puns are terrible on purpose uh, want to be a farmer here's a couple acres yeah and then he kicks the guy in the balls <laughs> and then he explodes i don't know if he actually did but he might as well it might as well i love how in the beginning too he he punches the lieutenant governor <laughs> right in the face <laughs> there's a i the, the little boy is is watching slater three and it's like the end of the movie, which they, they do a good bookend to that at the end where they bring it back and, and whatever. And Slater shows up, and that's when Tina Turner arrives and all that. And and he's like, oh, the lieutenant governor's here. And he punches him right in the face and goes, call me when the governor arrives. <laughs> which that is great because then he becomes the governor Oh, yeah, and there was a California. line there. There was a line in there about politicians being terrible. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is it. He's an asshole. If I have to arrest him, I have to arrest half of Congress. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And obviously he goes on to be a politician. Yeah. So good. They make fun of his own line. I'll be back. Oh, yeah. They make fun of everything. I mean, anything, everything is up for grabs in this. And it, it's like that was fun and entertaining. Like the the playing chicken with the two cars. They do it like four or five times in the movie. Man, that that um, the real one. The real one was so it was jarring to see. Yeah, because it was they practically did that. They took two cars and drove them headfirst into each other at full speed. The first the first time they did it. Do you remember what happened the first time they did it? The in, in when it was in the film, it the, the 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 villains they they break away from Chicken, they crash into. They didn't need to hear your yawn. 
Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Damn. They crash they crash into a church that yes. has like some sort of like porn scene going on and then the car explodes. Yeah. <laughs> Everything fucking explodes. And then there's like these half naked women running around due to the exploding car. Well, the act it's an action movie. You needed to have some sort of skin, which they make fun of that too. You know, they say, you know, just look at all the people around. Everyone is attractive. Everyone's a model. Yeah, everyone's yeah. a model. Which they were. Everyone in that movie was a model. Yeah. And then he's at the house uh, of his second cousin, second uncle, some shit, and there's like a note written on his shirt, and the note is just <laughs> the numbers. numbers five, four, three, Two, one, and then he looks up, and he realizes it's a bomb, and he jumps out. Blows up. There are two other cops there. The one, they did, they die. The one's in the tree, and he's like, "Damn it, I was two days away from retirement." And then Lethal Weapon saxophone music plays. Yeah, (laughs) which is the movie Shane Black wrote was Lethal Weapon. He probably put that in there himself. Uh, This is great stuff. You really hate this movie? No, I hold on. We haven't gotten to the final ranking <laughs> all yet. Right, but all what, right. We haven't gotten to the final ranking yet. And I don't I don't hate this movie. I don't. I there's parts of this movie that I like a lot. But <laughs> Alright, I'll save it till the till my rating. Well, yeah. I, we don't have much left, do we? We didn't really want to go deep into this plot because it doesn't There's no plot, there really. Is no it's plot. just like you know, like, I mean, I mean, they do. They poke fun of so many things, like how convenient it is when things happen. You know, they make jokes on that. Um, all the crazy stunts, uh, having the villain talk too much, so some sort of plan can be schemed. Like, I like that they poked fun of that in action movies while still being an action movie. You know? Oh yeah, no, I agree. I agree. The concept and the um, the intention is good, and the concept is good. And everything they try to do makes sense and is good. But as a whole, I think it didn't work. No. It, it seemed like, I mean, based on what we shared earlier with our, with our listeners, that everything got, got so frantic at, frantic at the end. to get Frenetic? I don't think it's frenetic. I think it's frantic. It's frenetic. I don't think so. What, frantic isn't a word. I feel like it is. I can tell you it's not. All right, anyway. That... I think that they could have turned this into something great. Sure. And they I just, agree. They, they just ran out of time. I mean, they were literally filming, shooting a week before the movie was coming out to theaters, which I don't know why they felt like they still had to release the movie at that time. I mean, I would have totally pulled it, especially knowing ahead of time that Jurassic Park was going to come out the week before. Why in the hell didn't they just wait until the end of the summer to release it? The, there's a, they said, I, I was reading in there in, in, on the internet, Oh, that's what their, it's called, the internet? Their logic, <laughs> Sony's logic behind it was every week that they're not out is a week that they're losing revenue. Which doesn't make sense because no. if if the movie's terrible, it doesn't matter how many weeks it's out, it's still going to be terrible. Yeah, that makes no sense. Exactly. And you could at least release, you could release like the soundtrack ahead of time, make some money there. You could do anything ahead of time. I mean, you could... Yeah. You could yeah. other promos or something? That doesn't make any damn sense. I don't know. I don't know either. Um. Yeah, this movie when it did come out had a super negative reviews. I can't imagine people hated this movie when it came out. Um, you know, I don't. Maybe I I I kind of want to say this. Was the movie a little bit ahead of its time? 
in what it was trying to poke fun at. I mean, I know that we're we're talking 1993. We are like at, at the height, or at least the slight decline of the golden era of action movies. Do you think that it was a little too sensitive to what people had? Because that's that's what I feel like with this movie is that I think this movie played off way better in 2018 than it probably did in 1993 because of what has happened to movies since then. I mean, we, we talked about it with Skyscraper and stuff like that, that the action movies just aren't anything anymore unless it's like Marvel. I can directly refute your point. All right, what you got? Hot Shots came out in 1991. Okay, I love Hot Shots. Hot Shots is a pure comedic satire film but on one movie, Top no, Gun. No, there's Rambo in there. There's Top no. Gun in there. Yeah, the Hot Shots Two is making fun of Rambo. Well, it doesn't matter. The, the 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 whole satire of an action film has already been done, so it's not ahead of its time. And then if you look at a movie like Airplane, Airplane did it for disaster movies. Yeah. So it's not like it's not like they invented satire. They just did it poorly. I. Well, I mean, and we've talked about this. I don't want to bring this up, but I'm going to like RoboCop. Like, RoboCop rubbed me the wrong way, and, and we've had this conversation a lot, but this movie doesn't. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah, see, because this movie's a comedy, RoboCop wasn't a comedy. It wasn't comedic satire. It was pure satire. This is comedic satire. I think you're exactly right. I think that I think that is what it is. Is And, and I guess I kind of tried to make that argument when I was doing the RoboCop that I wanted it to be more like a real action movie, and it, it tried too hard to throw those comedy elements in here. And you're right. I think this is the other way around. This is a comedy movie that's trying to still make it an action flick type of deal. Well, I don't think it's still trying. I think it is an action movie. And, and I guess my other point of this is one of my absolute favorite movies of all time. I might put it in my top 10 that also reminds me of this that came out well, well after uh, is Tropic Thunder that is making fun of action movies. Uh, and Rambos and all that kind of stuff. Like sure. I love Tropic Thunder. Like we, we have to do that episode at some point. Yeah. And go ahead. I, I don't know. Like I just feel like I think that's why I kind of enjoyed this movie is is how it pokes fun at things while still having that action element. I don't know. Uh, Tropic Thunder is kind of the exception. Tropic Thunder is. Well, it is. That's a fantastic movie. Yeah, it's just a great movie. I mean, it's. I think Tropic Thunder did what this movie couldn't do. Or maybe what it tried to do. Yeah. Yeah. And sure, there's... Regardless of the way the movie turned out, I think John McTiernan did a good job directing it. I think the individual scenes are very well directed. I don't necessarily know that um, the writing was bad, and that's only because... What shows up on the film is a direct representation representation of the edit of the film and not necessarily put together the same way the script would have been put together. So I think maybe if you take the individual scenes, the writing in the individual scenes is good, but as a whole, the scenes don't work together. And, and, and that really speaks to the limited amount of time they had for A, reshoots, which they didn't have, and B, editing. McTiernan himself said that. He was he was interviewed several years later, maybe in jail, <laughs> and he's like, this movie sucked ass. He's like, but the main thing was that we didn't have time to do the editing that we wanted to do. I mean, he felt like it It definitely had a lot going for itself, but he, he realized, yeah, this was a shit show. Schwarzenegger thought this movie was going to ruin his career. 
Which he kind of felt like that about Terminator too. Remember we talked about that. He didn't think that Terminator was going to be much of anything, and he was hoping. Well, it wasn't that was good. before he did it. Yeah. And this movie, he he read the script and he said it was the best script he'd ever read. <laughs> Which, Which I don't know what he was on when he read it. No, you know what? It, I, it this script it itself was probably. I guarantee you this the shooting script that they had. Well, which one did he? Which one do you think he read? The one he with read the, the two Shane guys. Black. No, he, oh, he the did Shane the Shane Black. Black one. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, and, and I guarantee you that the script that they had shooting is not what you see on screen. No, probably not. I, maybe the individual scenes themselves are, which is why I think the individual scenes work. I mean, if you look at look at look at all the stuff Charles dances in this movie, everything he does is good, right? Mm-hmm. There, I can't I can't point to any one thing in here that wasn't good that he did. I also can't point to any one thing that was bad in here that Schwarzenegger did. I no. think ultimately everything he did in here was good. Maybe his acting is he's just not a great actor. But I think he did great though. But that's the thing is I think he did well for him. Um, the kid, the kid's personality is just annoying. I don't think that he was particularly a bad actor. I think that maybe he's just not. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Brigitte Nielsen was good in all the stuff she did. What happened to her? She just like disappeared the last like forty five minutes of the movie. She's like non-existent. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> it was like a major like. What are you asking me for, man? I don't know. <laughs> shit, I don't understand half the shit in this movie. <laughs> it was just like done. Yeah, she never came back again. But, but my point <laughs> is, all the individual pieces of this movie are great. They just don't add up to anything great. And I think that's my problem with this: is the concept itself is solid, the writing seems to be solid, the directing is solid, the acting is solid. Just sucks that it failed. But you can really, really tell that it was rushed. Like, I I, of any movie that I've seen, this one suffers the most from being rushed out there. Before it, I bet you, if given the opportunity, if somebody were to go at go back and recut this film, it would probably be, be as good as any action film out there. This this really is one of those like what could have been movies. Absolutely. I mean, this really could have been a huge, huge blockbuster. Yeah, I, I was. There's entertaining things in this movie, but at no point was I really entertained. Oh, you see, I was still entertained a lot. Uh, parts of this were because some of it's nostalgia with like the cameos and just how they made fun of some of the, you know, action movie sequences no, I get that, that happened. And I, I laughed at parts, and I was entertained by parts. But as a whole, this movie's not entertaining. As a whole, this movie's tough to watch. I. I disagree. Were you able to sit and sit and watch it straight through? Yes. Wow. Okay. I, I couldn't. I had to. I, I had thought, to watch it in parts. I thought it was a little long. Well, here's another story. Is this movie was a nightmare for me to even get a hold of? I talked to you earlier about this. I I tried to order it from Amazon Prime because it's hard to find. Amazon Prime screwed up my order, and I tried to try to do a rental. And for whatever reason, it said, you know, purchase success, but then there was no option for me to actually start watching the movie. So I had to contact them. They refunded my money. They're like, oh, try again in a couple hours. And, and I had something going on the rest of the day. So I had to wait until literally today, you know, with us recording, I rented it again on Amazon Prime. It still didn't work. At that point, I was like freaking out and talking again, like, what is going on with this? They actually credited me and I bought the movie. They gave me $13 in Amazon credit for me to buy the movie. So now I own Last Action Hero. Well, good for you. And it worked when I decided to purchase it. So why it wasn't working when I rented it? Because you said you just did this a couple days ago, right? Yeah, I rented it a couple days ago and watched it. On Amazon, right? On two different TVs. Yeah, it's fine. 
I watched it in the morning one day, and then I watched it later that night on a different TV. Maybe you broke it because they were going to report it to their technical experts that it wasn't working. Clearly, I'm the one that broke this movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we ready to give this a rating? Um, I think you've been ready for the last half an hour. Yeah, I would say so. All right. Thanks. I want. I, no, I want you to go first. I will. All right. All right. So, like I said before, there's parts of this movie that are very entertaining, and as a whole, no, the individual parts of this movie are good. The acting's good. The action's good. The construction of the scenes and the directing is good. Once put together as a whole movie, I had a hard time watching it. Um, it, I don't think it's an entertaining movie. I think there's entertaining parts in this movie. I don't think the movie as a whole is entertaining. And you can really see how rushed it was. Um, I'm going to have to give... I need to give this movie a two. It's less than average. You know, I don't disagree that it's less than average, but I want to give it a higher rating. I, I disagree with you. I found this movie entertaining. I I think it's a really cool concept. I I think that, like you mentioned, the scenes in it are really neat. I, I think that a lot of the acting is actually pretty good. Um, I was entertained throughout the movie, and I, yes, there are lots of issues with it. And, yes, it is very obvious that it was rushed and all that. But that did not totally take away my interest in this movie so I'm going to go ahead I'm going to give it three I'm going to give it a three out of five three machine guns alright man you do what you got to do I think it was a good movie not a great movie not an awesome movie I think it was a good movie alright I enjoyed it I, I would also I would encourage people if you have not seen this movie in a long time to give it a watch. Yeah, if you can get it to work. If you can get it to work, that's true. Because I, I think this could be a really interesting, debatable movie. I think there's a lot that we have covered here and talked about. I'd be curious to see what other people have to think about this. Yeah, this is definitely going to be one of those movies where people are going to take sides. Yeah. I mean, very much so. I, I want to hear... I, I really do want to hear from people on Discord and, and on Facebook what their thoughts are on this. Um yeah, I'm, I'm I'm curious to see what what people are gonna think of this. All right, LPJ, we've got to do the business here. So yes, we do. What do we have going on with Gamezilla Media? Well, let me ask you a question. Yes. What's your favorite show on Gamezilla Media? My favorite show as of right now would have to be the Last Action Podcast. No, 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 no. I would say Noobs and Dragons. I am thoroughly enjoying. Because I came with uh, no knowledge of Dungeons and Dragons, uh, Craig WK and Grimlock and Jazzy and Chops have done an amazing job of of sharing this story with us. Of them going through this, I'm loving Noobs. I agree, Noobs is great. I'm also a big fan of Legend of Retro. Ash and I listen to that quite a bit. Uh, we like it. There's a re- there's an episode recently about uh, Donkey Konga. 
Why are you, you staring at me? Do you weird? remember playing Donkey Kong in our house? I do remember playing Donkey Kong. Do you remember in how your house? mad my sister would get playing Donkey Kong? <laughs> she would never want to play it. She would yell at us for playing it. Yes, I do. That's a good episode. You guys should listen to Donkey Kong. And then our flagship show is fantastic too. Yes, Gamezilla it is. Podcast. I enjoy seeing it live on Mondays. It's interesting. It's interesting watching the podcast versus just listening to it. And those two have been pretty. Those guys have been pretty fired up lately. I think. I think maybe we're rubbing off on them a little bit. I think you're right. They were. They were going off on each other pretty hard. On. Um, I can't remember what the conversation was a few weeks ago. I don't know. They usually do. They usually do spend some time yelling at each other. They sure do. I can't imagine. Uh, you know what that's like. No, not no, at not all. at all. Not, never. Nope. If you would like to support us, uh, we would love for you to go on to our Patreon page, which is uh, patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. Yep. And, um, you know, if you can help us out with some bills, we will continue to offer our content and then continue to provide you with new content. There's lots of cool stuff that are in the works that we're continuing to work on here, so we'd really hope. Uh, that you can support us in that way. Yeah, and uh, you know, like us on Facebook and uh, hit subscribe. We're and 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 you know, thumbs up, five stars. Give us thirty-five hearts, whatever it is you got to do on whatever place you listen to podcasts. How Help you, us out. How do you give thirty-five hearts? I think you max out at five. I don't know, man. Maybe you just like it seven times to have seven accounts. Okay. I just math math the shit out of that. How'd you like that? You, that was multiplication. That pretty was, sure your was, son can do that. It's pretty great. Okay. I've been practicing. <laughs> I'm so glad you've been using the flashcards. Sure. Have. Do, you, do you have your wife practice with you? Uh, do no, you she do around won't. the world she where just, she gets you, too frustrated? She mm, won't do it anymore. Uh, fair enough. Uh, I, so I just do like the five cards that I know over and over again, mm. and then I feel real good about myself. That's great. Does that help you? <laughs> does it help you go to sleep at night? No, it <laughs> actually keeps me up at night because I'm thinking about those same five problems. It's like getting a song stuck in your head, but it's the same five flashcards in your head over and over again we need to stop talking about this <laughs> with that this podcast our 10th episode has been terminated but we'll be back <laughs>